Can tracking your daily calorie intake really make that big of a difference in your weight loss success? If you're not sure, then you're gonna wanna tune in to this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, where each week you will hear the real world experiences, life lessons, and guided principles that every highly driven man needs to master. Their health, productivity, and relationships by sharing conversations with the world's most successful people in fitness, nutrition, supplementation, and mindset. Meet your host, Benjamin Brown. He is a fitness and nutrition expert, consultant to Fortune 500 companies and world championship sports teams, a husband and father of three, and has been helping men transform their physiques, optimize their energy, and own their fatherly mission since 2005. Thank you for joining us today, and without further ado, let's jump right in. Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to episode number 61 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Today on the show, I have a former fat kid who found the gym just in time to become a professional and international rugby player. His name is TJ Jankowski, and TJ is the main guy over at TJ Strength, which is an online coaching company that focuses on practical and long-term results with their clients. His coaching focuses on three key areas, which you'll hear about in the episode today, specifically using smart nutrition strategies to build a chiseled physique, practical cutting-edge training that produces consistent progress both on the field and in the mirror, as well as figuring out how to implement the first two points in real-life situations to stay as consistent as possible. Hope you guys enjoy the show. TJ Jankowski, what's up, brother? Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. How you doing? Awesome. Uh, doing great. Thank you for having me. Uh, excited to be on. Absolutely, man. I've been uh, really looking forward to our call. You are a, a fellow rugger. Uh, and yes, by sir. The- for those of you that don't know what that means, it means rugby player, but you're also a strength coach. You're also a nutritionist. And so, and, and your, your whole nutritional philosophy is, is right in line with kind of what I practice and preach. And so I'm really looking forward to having the opportunity to catch up. What's been going on, man? Uh, not a whole lot. You know, we, my service is similar to, you know, a lot of other real good online coaches where it's about the client or it's about you guys as opposed to about my system or any sort of special diet protocol or training protocol like it's it's more the more we know and you know we're in 2019 now and the more the more we discover and the more research and the more trainers there are to help to me it sort of just adds to the confusion and to the noise of what people are trying to you know people just want to lose weight and they just want to get in good shape and they're like just just give me the one thing that i can do with that and unfortunately, or fortunately, there are, there's not just one thing, there's like a million things. And so, yeah. um, like the more I learn, the more, you know, my knowledge increases and the more research I delve into, the more I see that actually just taking a step back and keeping things as simple as possible, which is why it's great to be on this podcast. Mm. Yeah, keeping things as simple as possible is really what can pay off for people to really get in the shape that they want and live, and live the life that they want. Yeah, it's, it's funny how that works is, is what I've experienced is when we start off earlier in our career, we feel like we know everything, right? Mm-hmm. And you sort of have a one approach that you, that you tackle with people and then you realize it works for some people and it doesn't work for others. But then as you, as you learn and grow and, and, and build, 
uh, empirical evidence and anecdotal evidence, then you start to realize, wow, and, and learn more, you start to realize how many different avenues there are to take with people. And it's so seemingly complex. It can be complex, but, but really is just focusing on some of those fundamental things uh, are the most important, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's certainly like, because there are a million options, and because every single person lives a different life, it is really complex, like behind the scenes. But when you, you know, when you take a step back or you look at each individual person, what that person has to do could and almost has to be very simple because it's the only way you're going to stick with it. And it's the only way you're going to, yeah, stick with it as a lifestyle. It's, it's as cliche yeah. as that is to say, that is what you need. No, 100%. 100% agree with you. So we'll jump into what some of those simple strategies are and I think it's timely because as we're recording this, we're right after the new year. Um, I believe this will probably come out in, in mid-February. But nonetheless, that's probably about the time where people have significantly fallen off their, yeah. <laughs> you know, their Yeah, their that's new- actually, that's, it's funny you say that. Um, when I used to coach in person uh, a lot more, well, that was when I was at my sole business. I didn't take any new clients on in January. Like I never would do it because I'm like, you're not in a position to be mentally prepared for this. You, you, you think you are because it's January 1st or because right. you know, it's new year, new me, hashtag all of that stuff. Really like it's when the dust settles, that's when, you know, that's when real progress is made. You know, you, I've seen people and I've done it myself. I've seen people lose, you know, 20 pounds in a month, 30 pounds in a month even. But like, what's the point of losing that 30 pounds in a month? If in three months time, you're going to, not only be back to where you were, but even potentially be in a worse place because you've had another thing that you've tried and you've really tried hard and you haven't succeeded. Yeah. It's the, it's the the whole shiny object thing and you get excited, but like you said, when the dust settles and then you got to, then you realize like, this is something that I have to consistently do. And for, for most people, what they end up doing is not very realistic, but I'd love for you to just take a step back real quick. Um, And give our listeners just a little overview of, of your background and how you fell into strength and conditioning. Um, I know you have a rugby background. Maybe enlighten us a little bit there. Yeah, sure. So um, growing up, uh, I grew up with a, a mother that fed, you know, and a father that just helped us out. But I always loved sport. And um, actually, it's funny because I, I was just in the UK for Christmas, uh, just gone. And mum cracked out the whole family album and there are some like alarming pictures where I got to about must have been between 12 and 13 right before I hit puberty and we realized and all of the food that I ate as a kid because I couldn't like I w- would not stay still and then as I got older you know you, you, the appetite still was there and the love of food was still there and, and, it, and it still is today and it was still there and I just ballooned like almost over the period of a year I became and people never believe it when I tell them I was like I was severely overweight and that was all you know my late you know early teens to late teens where I'd struggled with that and that's how I got into rugby ironically because in the UK you know your main option is going to be soccer and then I was almost like not in quite uncertain terms but my dad was like listen, you're too fat to play soccer. Go play, like, play rugby. This is a sport for big kids. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, I, I managed to keep athletic, but the weight was always a problem. And then um, I got the chance to um, play professionally slash semi-professionally. And with that came gym programs and stuff like that. And I, I, I just went to the gym, did the workouts, and 
I couldn't believe that I could just do this one thing or do, you know, this consi thing consistently and it would change my body and my body changed, you know, over the period of a few years and I became really addicted to the gym and I have a love for the gym that, you know, fades at times, but sure. always kept with that and that helped my rugby performance. And then, but the, the struggle with the, the weight still sort of carried on. I became very athletic. I became very strong, but there was still that chubbiness. And so, uh, just as part of my evolution as a personal trainer and just as an athlete, I really started to study nutrition and that's now where I specialize in because I figured out like kind of what we were talking about to begin with, I figured out what worked for me. And then as I kept fit, like trying other new things, I figured out things that didn't work for me, but why they could work for other people. And, and yeah, and, and I, I figured I've got this abundance of knowledge now that I really want to help people, people out and, it's honestly like the most rewarding thing I can do as, as a day job. Yeah, that's phenomenal. So what did you figure out? Well, first of all, what position did you play? Uh, I was a number eight or a, a flanker. Ah, right on. That's... Actually, I lived life about 30 pounds heavier than I live my life now just because of the excess. Most, mostly fat, but, you know, weight that would need to, you know, carry a ball around and have other... 250 pound guys run into you as hard as they can. That's an impact on the body. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough position. I played six and seven as well. Uh, oh, nice. And so I understand, but that's, you, you get beat up pretty good at yeah. that position. Um, no, that, that's awesome. So what were some of the specific kind of nutrition strategies that you had to plug in that worked well for you? Um, for sure. The biggest thing that's changed everything for me is simply understanding like what a calorie is and what that means. Um, you know, obviously they, you know, there's a big argument where people say is a calorie a calorie or does calories in versus calories out matter? Um, it, to me, it absolutely certainly does. Now yeah. there's obviously so much more that goes into a diet than just the calories, but that calories is always going to be there. And that's always something that, you know, essentially your body is just a giant math equation where, you burn calories off and then you, you consume food to sort of do that, to meet those needs. And you know, you either lose weight or you gain weight or you maintain depending on what you do. There's a whole host of, you know, hormonal things and other things that will contribute and make a difference either way, but you still must always pay attention to calories. And then we can, you know, we delve into macronutrients as well. Um, yeah. that's the main thing. And then from there, uh, Recently, the more I work with people on their nutrition, the more I realize that finding something that really fits the lifestyle is, is just so, so important. Yeah, so I imagine you've got a, a myriad of kind of techniques and strategies that you utilize to work with people to help them determine how to control their caloric intake, kind of depending on where they are in their life and sure. how compliant you think that they're willing to be. And I, you know, I think what, what you, when you started talking about calories, one of the things that made me think of is, is how frequently we talk to people and they say, I've, I'm doing everything right, quote unquote, right, but I'm not losing weight or yeah. losing body fat or whatever. Mm -hmm. What's your approach to a prospective client when they say something like that? So if I take a client on pretty much always, unless, uh, unless we're sort of backdating things, I will have them just track everything that they consume for a week or two weeks. Um, reason being, 
more often than not, it's, it's awareness of what you're actually eating. Because so often, you know, and, I, and I'm guilty, like I said, I was back in the UK for Christmas. I'm staying with my dad. He has candy all over the place. And so lo and behold, I gained a couple pounds whilst I was away sure. because I'm walking around and, I, and I'm just eating these chocolates, which, you know, I, I could eat five chocolates in, you know, at noon and by 1.30, I've completely forgotten the fact that I've eaten those chocolates. Yep. And if I hadn't, you know, if I was logging that, I would be more aware and I'd be more aware that, oh, actually I've already consumed X amount of calories today. Whereas what a lot of people seem to be doing is you're, you're, you're you sort of just go through um, without the awareness of actually how much food you're consuming because you know, feeling full is one thing in your stomach, but it's a completely different thing in your brain. And so you can put the best and, and I've been there, you know, I've put my best effort for, 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 you know, I've, I've tried, I've done paleo diets. I've done, you know, you name a diet, you know, I used to call myself the diet hipster because every diet was out there. I'd probably already had tried it before it got popular mm. and failed with it, you know, and I get, what you think is really, you know, uh, the foods that you try to eat are what you think are really healthy. But at the end of the day, it comes back to those ca that calorie allowance. And if you're not aware of how many, quite how many calories you're in, you're not going to be aware of uh, the foods that are potentially causing you damage that you think are great. And the other, but also it's the flip side of things where, you know, you might think that one single bar of chocolate, and I used to do this, I would eat one bar of chocolate and I'd be like, okay, I've screwed up my diet for today because I've eaten dairy or I've eaten sugar. I might as well order two Domino's pizzas and, and, and just say, screw it. When now, rather than just have a couple calories that I've gone or a couple hundred calories where I've gone over, now I'm like thousands of calories in the hole and that's going to take me weeks to overcome, you know, weeks of being perfectly adherent to overcome. So there's a lot to go into it, but I just think the more you're aware of how much you eat, the less you're likely to sabotage yourself and, and, and punish yourself for, for things that you think are wrong. And at the same time, you don't get carried away with things that are quote unquote right as well, because everything has, you know, a calorie point of uh, calorie output to it or a calorie count to it. And so, you know, trying to find the, the perfect food or the perfect diet is, is probably a mistake. So you think you're doing everything right, but reality, you know, a perfect diet to, 500 different people is going to be 500 completely different diets. Sure. Yeah. Because a lifestyle and activity levels and body type and unique physiology and metabolic needs and all of those different types of things. And, and, and so I, taste preferences too. Totally. Like you got to, you know, I, I've done it before where I've been given a diet plan by someone to, to, to eat when I first started playing rugby. And I'm like, I don't like any of these foods. Like, do I really have to, and then you force it down and, you know, after a week of forcing down food that makes you miserable, all you want to eat is foods that make you happy because you, you know, that's right. you know, nutrition. And, and that's a really important part of your diet is, you know, food is one of the few things that we have on this, on this earth that we can directly make ourselves happy just by eating good food. Mm -hmm. You know, like we can. And so why should we like, and, and you know, I've always been of the, or I used to always think about, you know, food is only fuel. We don't eat for taste, but well, of course we do. Like we eat for, for enjoyment. It's a real important part of dieting and a part that, you know, you can't forget ever. Hey brother, are you struggling to find the energy to function at your best as a businessman, father, and husband? I want you to know you're not alone. And sadly, the conventional wisdom these days around healthy eating and exercise that has saturated the mainstream is flat out wrong. 
If you want to find the solution to optimizing your energy and body composition without restrictive dieting, soul-crushing workouts, or adding more to your already stressful and overflowing schedule so that you can finally function like the man you know you can be, then we need to chat. Are you ready to move from exhausted to energized by working smarter, not harder? Go ahead and schedule your free strategy call at www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up. I'm looking forward to our conversation and enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge component. And because we are, you know, we're, so, we're such social beings, we base so much of our life around you know, being social and in a community, at least we should be because it's important. A part of our health is, is, you know, having a community in a social setting, but we revolve a lot of that stuff around meals. And so there's direct correlation between our, our meals and our, you know, social status and our happiness levels as well. Um, You know, with respect to the whole calorie concept um, that, obviously works really well for people. What else are you, how else do you help people manage their, you know, their nutrition on a daily basis outside of just simply tracking their calories? So um, the one big thing I really try and push on everyone that ever asks me about uh, diet in general is being proactive rather than reactive. Um, I'll delve into that a little bit more. So, I think a lot of people are very reactive with their diets, I think, or, or just the way they eat in general. They tend to just go about their day, wait till they get hungry, and then they're like, okay, uh, what am I going to eat? And then, oh, uh, there's, a, I don't know, there's a McDonald's around the corner or there's a Chipotle here. I'll just go and grab that. And then, you know, you keep going on and then you, you walk past some snacks, you eat a few snacks, someone else is saying, hey, we're going to go for a few beers. Okay, I'll do that. And, and I'm not yeah. saying that you can't be open to different things, but the more you can prepare yourself, the more you can have healthy, you know, if you're a snacker, for sure, you know, go and grab and go and prepare some healthy snacks. But I'm more, I'm, I'm more based things on just nailing your meals and then you won't need snacks. Yeah. And I think that the more you can prepare your meals ahead of time, more you can prepare re- meals that you really enjoy. And even if it's, or even if it's eating out, you know, ahead of time where you're going to eat, that's being proactive. And that's how you can really stay on top of, of everything, but also still get the enjoyment. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely. So this whole proactive versus reactive, I love it because, you know, something that I like to talk about with people is, is having an idea of what you're eating for the next two meals at least. And, and so you need to be able to kind of mentally prepare for those things to say nothing of obviously physically preparing, you know, pulling food out of the freezer, putting it in the sink so it can defrost, cooking it ahead of time, doing crockpot dishes, you know, going to bed at night, sort of visualizing. And I know it sounds lame, but it's one of the secrets to long-term success is, you know, you're, if you have a good idea of what you're going to be doing, it's almost like sports too. It's like you need to visualize what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like when you, you know, make the decisions that you do. What are you, what are you going to do for breakfast? How are you going to prepare that stuff? Do you have the food ready? Same thing for lunch. If you go out to eat, what are you going to eat? You've already visually gone through that process. You've already created those connections in your brain so that it's almost, a, it doesn't take that willpower, that discipline and that extra effort to do so. Yes. That is, that, that is actually exactly the point I was going to go into was a uh, decision fatigue. You right. know, um, that's a genuine thing that people are completely unaware of. And they, you know, they've done studies where 
Uh, I'll give you an example. There's a study where they took two people, I think they took them through a department store and they, they had one group of people where they got to, they said, right, you've got to go through the department store and you've got to pick these specific products, these you know, 10 products you've got to go pick up for and then you've got to pay for them. And then at the end, we'll, we're going to test your willpower. Um, and then the second group, they said, right, you can pick which color would you like and they gave them a bunch of different decisions they had to make when they would choose these products. And then at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the shop, they did a willpower test, which is where I think the, the main, the, the easiest way to test willpower is to put your hand in a bucket of ice. And however long you can keep your hand in a bucket of ice is indicating, you know, how strong your willpower is. And they found that the people that didn't have to make any decisions with their shop uh, kept their hand in for like significantly longer. I'm talking like double or triple the amount of time because they had so much more willpower because they didn't have to make any of those decisions throughout the day. Yep. And in the entrepreneurial space, you hear a lot of people talk about how um, Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs and all these people, they, wear this, they, they take it to the step where they, they even wear the same clothes every single day so they don't have to worry about what they have to wear. Now, I don't think everyone has to do that if they're dieting, but if you're thinking about every single meal that you've got to eat, like at the time that you've got to eat it, that is going to kill your willpower because you are just making too many decisions and you're and whereas if you've got food that's prepared or even like you said, meant, you're just mentally prepared and you know what you're going to eat, then you're in a really good place because you yeah. don't have to think about it and you don't have to use willpower to not choose to eat a pizza because essentially that's what you do every time. Every time you, you choose to eat a meal, you have that choice of, and I'm not, I'm not knocking on pizzas. I love pizzas, but you know, <laughs> Me too. every time you, you have to make a decision on what to eat and there are thoughts of, well, I could have fried chicken or I could have all these terrible choices that are you know real super high calorie and not really satiating not doing anything for you and you have to make the decision to not eat those whereas if you've already got a meal laid out you don't make that decision that meal was there and you can just eat it and have peace of mind yeah i think i don't remember who said this i don't know if it's like a well-known term but people call it skill power versus willpower because you're you're almost building this skill of making decisions consistently and and obviously like you said the less decisions that you have to make the better and the more prepared you are the better and even forget you know guys like us that have been doing this for years and years and we've we've established this level of awareness and we know in, intuitively at this point when i'm eating half a box of c's candies over the holidays which i frequently will do because they're delicious yeah why not i i know how that's contributing towards my caloric intake and my my carbohydrate intake but at the same time it's like those are decisions that you still have to make. And so even for people that have that skill power, setting yourself up for success by keeping that shit out of the house, then you know, that, yeah. in, that makes it so much easier than you don't have to make the decision, period. Uh, so that's a really good point. But you know, we'll segue in speaking of holidays, speaking of yeah. rugby, uh, I'd love to get your uh, input on the effects of alcohol yeah, and sure. fat loss, yes or no? It depends, just like everything else. Totally. You know? Um, you know, I'm not going sit to sit here and say you can have you know, five beers a night and expect to lose weight, but especially for guys that are playing rugby, um, but anyone in general, you know, if you, if you view, if you, once you wrap your head around the fact that calories are you know, the most governing factor of whether you're going to lose or gain weight, you understand that a bottle of beer has a certain amount of calories and mm -hmm. it's not just carbohydrates. We have alcohol, which is a, you know, has a caloric value as well, but you can still, if you give yourself, 
uh, you know, say you're, you're on 2,400 calories, there's nothing to say that if you've met your protein needs and you are, you know, sleeping right, you're not, you're not too stressed, you're not binge drinking or anything like that. There's nothing to say that you can't have a few beers mm-hmm. and have that fit your calorie allowance. Um, and to an extent, if you're a person that does, you know, maybe you're, you have a job where you have to network with people and you have to have a few beers or maybe, you know, you're a rugby player. So you're probably going to have a few beers after, after a game or after right. practice. And, you know, I feel like the damage caused by the few beers is nowhere near as significant as the damage that could be caused by that isolation and that taking yourself away from that social environment that will have you enjoying your life whilst you're still dieting. You know, I want, I, you know, the biggest thing I want people to get away from is the fact that, you know, a diet is uh, a short term thing or a temporary thing because that's never going to give you the success that you want. Like you always want to make sure that long term you're, you're, enjoying yourself so that you can maintain whatever result you get because the body that you're in right now is a product of whatever you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And so if you know, you, you try and completely change who you are as a person, you try, you try and change your social habits, you know, Hey, maybe you just enjoy wine. You know, I'm not like, if you have then, a, if, if, if you're then forcing yourself to take yourself away and depriving yourself from things that you enjoy, then that's only going to hold for so long. And like you say, you know, that willpower is eventually going to drain out. And by that time you've probably built up, you know, so much sort of uh, mixed emotions and feelings towards the booze that you could end up headfirst into a a terrible binge. And that's going to cause way more damage than, you know, a couple beers, a few nights a week. I'm really glad that you brought up, I think that's a really remarkable point, especially the community aspect. And I I touched on it earlier, but I really think it's something I've been studying more and looking at research more frequently. And to the degree that I am confident that our whole mindset um, and social and, and social support system is such a significant foundation of our success at losing weight at losing fat is just living a long, healthy lifestyle. Like we have to have a, a strong social support system. And so from the perspective of, you, you know, you don't want to drink and therefore you're not going to go uh, run around with the boys um, that in and of itself could actually be a deterrent to your overall happiness and overall health. And so much so that simply going and having a beer or two, but being able to be around your, you know, have that camaraderie, having that uh, social influence, being able to laugh um, and feel, uh, you know, like you're part of the tribe is something that we all need to such a strong degree. So I, I really think that's a really important point that you brought up. Absolutely. I'm not, and I'm not, and we're not saying that, um, you know, if you really don't want to drink a beer, like you don't have to be peer pressured to do anything. You can still hang out with people and drink a diet Coke or you yeah. can do, you know, I'm not saying that you, you have to drink beers, but if, if, if you're saying that you can't diet because you like drinking beers, I, I don't take that as a, as an answer. Like there, there are definite ways that you can still, you know, make significant uh, progress with your physique and your performance and all of that stuff and still enjoy the benefits of alcohol. And I've seen it time and time and time again, firsthand, you know, I I've, I've trained and worked with uh, borderline alcoholics at, at points, you know, and you know, you know, people that would be drinking a bottle of wine a day and you would be amazed at the progress that they can make by just simply paying attention to their calories and again, you know, if, if you try and change completely who you are overnight, 
it's never going to work and that you're never going to stick with it. But maybe you could even, if you know, if you drank too many beers to begin with, you just gradually bring that down. And I, I, I've seen this as well, where people that would drink a few beers every night have now switched to, they're pretty much teetotal just because they've slowed it down. They've become more mindful. And now they're like, oh, I actually just enjoy this social experience and yeah. I don't need to be, you know, completely drunk or even a little bit buzzed to enjoy this. Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah, so, so when I said, when you asked, you know, alcohol, yes or no, it really is massively a, a depends thing. Yeah, well, I, I mean, look, just the sheer fact that alcohol is alcohol. You can you can say whatever you want. Of course, the calories, um, you know, certainly matter, but it's it's everything that's associated with the alcohol. And typically, what happens when we're drinking more than a couple of drinks is, you know, whether we're in a, a a social atmosphere, usually there's food around. The food usually yeah. is not in line with you know, what's on our plan snacks and stuff. No, yeah. You're like, you're not choosing to eat chicken and broccoli when (laughs) you've been drinking a few beers. Yeah. I won't want to go to those parties. Yeah. That's a really lame party, but (laughs) it's the reality of it is you're not making the best decisions. You're likely not getting the best sleep. And then it's easy to kind of have this, you know, vicious cycle fall into place. And I think that's just a really important point for people to understand. Like, and, and it's just, it shines a light on this whole conversation and your mentality and, and certainly my mentality as people understand it from the podcast at this point is there's no right or wrong. It always depends. And there's always context associated with what it is that we're talking about. Can you make a case for having a keto diet? Of course. Can you make a case for not drinking alcohol? Of course you can. Can you make a case for for doing a high carb diet? Of course. But you know, it's just, it's just, that's the whole nutrition industry is everyone needs to calm the heck down, look at the big picture and take it one step at a time and commit to long-term success versus these short bouts of, 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 you know, overly aggressive dieting or exercise. Yeah. I mean, and that's why you and I are both, we both do coaching, you know, it'd be very easy to say, you know, if I had the perfect meal plan, you bet your ass I wouldn't be coaching. I'd just be selling that meal plan for everyone to, to just to go to, just to have, you know, that, or, yeah. or the special thing that you've got to go and do, you know, it, it just doesn't exist. And so that's why, like, that's why we have success with our clients as coaches because each person is individual and they have their own, you know, sort of needs, experiences, things that they need to do. And so, you know, alcohol is a big part of that. And actually that's another point that, that we can touch on when we're talking about alcohol is like you said, is, is definitely the food. And it's the day, especially if you're hung over the next day as well, all anyone wants to eat is, you know, that, that's when, if you're not being mindful and if you're not paying attention, that's when the sabotage button can really be smashed mm-hmm. is, is, okay, well, I guess I'm having a few drinks, which means I guess I'm not dieting, which means I guess I might as well go and have a whole bucket of KFC fried chicken on my way home from, from my night out. Right. And then the next day I'm hung over. Oh, well, I've, I guess I messed up my diet. I can, I can restart on Monday and I can eat 7,000 calories a day. And yep. going back to what we said before, then that just puts you deeper in the hole and you're just going to keep repeating that process until you truly understand and you're truly mindful of what you're consuming. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. It, you could certainly reframe it and say, and this is something I felt in the past is like, you know, I had a few glasses of wine. Well, 
I guess I could look at it as a positive. I've got a ton of muscle glycogen and, and liver glycogen stored up right now. So I'm going to go yeah. bust out a, a really good intense workout and try and burn yeah, through all this sugars. And Some of my best workouts, I mean, obviously also some of my worst workouts have been hungover. Like, you know, you, you just get in there and, you know, you, you, even if you've got a bad night's sleep or whatever, you just feel good for being in there because you know you're taking a positive step. Um, and, you know, that's another thing that's really important about dieting is, you know, you're never, you're always just one bite away from getting back on the horse or one gym session away from really, yep. you know, going back into your routine. Even if you mess up, even if you do do those binges, like we said, you know, there's no, it, it's happened. There's no use worrying about it. You just carry on and you, the, you know, the more you pay attention to fixing your processes, fixing your actions and your lifestyle, that's what's going to pay, you know, that's going to pay dividends in the long run. Yeah, man. That's, that's really great. Great. Um, you know, feedback there. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up here shortly, but I want to ask yeah. you a few questions that I ask uh, a lot of our guests Ooh. and I'll keep it easy. This is just uh, <laughs> So the first one I'd love to find out is what are one or two or three resources that you've been uh, learning from this past year? So in 2018 that you think would be valuable to share and this can be people or, or resources or whatever. Um, I, I guess my, my favorite resource has always been uh, Renaissance periodization. Those guys right. over there, like I'm pretty sure they're all either, they, pretty much everyone on their staff, all of their coaches have a PhD. Um, and they just really do a great job of like understanding the science and, and, and they take, you know, they can take every, every sort of, um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Every sort of fad, every sort of like sort of those sorts of things, every fad, every, every, um, you know, new hotness and whatever. And they really look at it from the science and say, actually this is what the science says and sometimes yeah. you know people will argue science can be behind but because they're also you know a big team of coaches they the content that they put out is also a lot related to their coaching process as well and so i think they're really good um actually one of the best resources i think listeners can can use is just using my fitness pal um, mm, just downloading one. that app and you know, using themselves as their own resource because you actually then you can, it, it doesn't take a genius to look at your food and, and then look at the numbers and decipher, Oh, this is costing me a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Or, Oh, this is actually a lot, nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Or, you know, those, or, Oh, I tend to eat that food a lot. Maybe I should switch it up or whatever. And I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with using yourself as a real, uh, learning tool to actually teach yourself future lessons. You don't always have to look at external things. If you, if you're in, you know, if you really want to just focus on you, that's a really good start. And then you, from there, you're, you're better equipped to interpret everyone else's message. Perfect. Yeah, no, I love that. Those are two great resources. Renaissance periodization. Those are some smart dudes. Yeah. Uh, and they're definitely breaking down a lot of the science, which I love. Uh, okay, last question, my man. So if you could only have one meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for Ooh. the rest of your life, what would that one meal be? Healthy or not? I don't care. Um, so I always, I like to cop out and say eggs because you could, because I do have eggs every single day, but that changes it all up sort of thing. Um, but that's, that's a cheat. So I'm not going to go there. Okay. And I guess, I guess I would, hmm. 
Um, if, if it's a pizza, am I allowed different toppings? No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, so what I do is I, I, I find a food that I really enjoy and I beat it to death for like three weeks. And that's, you know, I do that almost have it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then it gets to about two or three weeks or a month in and I'm like, I'm really bored of this food. And then I just yeah. cycle it out for about a year. Um, so right now, my, my, my real thing is ceviche. Yeah. I can't see myself having that. Oh man, that would day. be rough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, I tell you what, I'm going to cop out and just, just say the simple sandwich. Like sandwiches are so underrated. I mean, bread is definitely demonized in our, in our industry. Yeah. And like, okay. Because it's cheap and because it's, you know, not overly nutritionally brilliant, but it works. And, and, and a good sandwich, you know, again, you, I'm not even allowed different toppings for my pizzas, but I feel like if I just say a sandwich, I can sort of cop out that way because it's like you, you can be really creative, but it's also the most simple dish, you know, people can make. We've been eating it for hundreds and hundreds of years or yeah, thousands. Can, can be an easy way to, to kind of hit all of your macros in one delicious, uh, yeah. You know, one delicious meal. I'll, 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 I'll let it go. I'll let it go <laughs> with that. But yeah. uh, TJ, so listen, choose. man, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thank you for having me. And uh, listen, buddy, uh, before I let you go, where can people find out more about you? So I guess my main resource is you could, they can either go over to tjstrength.com. And if they click on the free stuff there, there's a bunch of free guides that I have that guys can download. And I really try to make them valuable, not some sort of three page ebook that you can sort of go through, you know, all the, I have a, a diet guide on there. I have a video nutrition series and they get updated quite regularly as the research changes. And as my, you know, as I evolve as a, as a coach and as a diet coach, as you know, as a resource yeah. as well. Um, and then, other than that, at tj.strength on Instagram is probably where I'm most active. Actually, for sure, it's where I'm most active. Um, and from there, you'll see me, you know, you'll see me post random pictures of my dog mostly and my stories. Um, but I really try and break down, you know, like we said before, all of this confusing uh, mixed messages that we get in the diet and nutrition and training space. I really try and break it down to keep things simple and give people takeaways of every single post that I do. Beautiful. All right. You heard it here first, guys. Head over there, tjstrength.com. Uh, the rest of the resources are in the show notes. And uh, listen, buddy, thanks again. Appreciate you and uh, have a great rest of your day. You too. I appreciate being on. Did you love this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show? Then head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a positive rating and review. And more importantly, share this with other men that you know are dedicated to leveling up in every area of their life by learning how to live healthier, more energetic, and productive lives so that they can optimize their health for their family and future. Thank you for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can work directly with Ben, then just head on over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up.